You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hello and welcome to the first ever 24-7 sports football recruiting show. I am Blair Angulo, a regional analyst, West Coast for 24-7 sports. We've got a loaded show here on the debut on this feed. We're going to touch on the upcoming rankings release on 24-7 sports where we did a deep dive on the defensive side of the ball. We're going to talk to national analyst Charles Power. He's going to break down some of the big risers in our stock report segment. Well, we're going to kick it off. Can we get a little kickoff, maybe a whistle, maybe some chow, uh, some crowd cheering or, or something, Tanny, a producer? Uh, for, for this next segment, it's going to be called The Kickoff. Steve Wiltfong, the director of recruiting for 24-7 Sports, joins us. Steve, how are you doing? Blair, congratulations on the gig here, man. Oh, no. Leading our podcast. It's uh, big moves, big things happening. I'm excited to join you here and talk a little football recruiting brother I think everyone's excited you know you you were one of the first people to call me when when we got this call and when we said we were gonna start this venture start this new project and I think the big thing for us is to give a national scope and and to give a national perspective on everything that's happening recruiting right now obviously we're, we're all going through some things with the pandemic and and the restrictions that not only is putting on on our lives but uh, when you think about college football and, and how much how much passion there is for that sport, it, it's really uh, affected the way recruits are able to look at schools. So uh, for the time being, that's kind of what we're going to dive into. We're, we're going to have to go in through uh, in terms of the visits, the phone calls, all the virtual tours that these recruits are taking. Um, and, and we're going to do it here on this feed for the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Show. So we're excited to have it and excited for you to listen. Uh, if you want, you could please rate and review us. Give us that five-star rating. If you've got a question, we ask that you leave a five-star rating and ask your question in there. And at some point, we're going to hope to have a, a mailbag segment here soon. But but Steve, let's kick it off with some big news. Let's dive right into it. Auburn landing a huge commitment at the quarterback position. What do you make of this? Yeah, I think that this was a position where Auburn needed to hit big. Uh, this cycle. They landed Bo Nix two cycles ago. They they took a good player out of Lakeland uh, last cycle in, in, in Sheil Garnett. Uh, but Demetrius Davis has been a difference maker on the high school level, Blair. He's a back-to-back state champion in, in Texas's largest classification. He is arguably the most decorated high school football player uh, in, in the country. Uh, um, threw for 5,743 yards and 73 touchdowns over the last two seasons with almost 1,600 more rushing yards and, and 27 more scores. He's 31-1 and one under center uh, uh, with the two rings on his fingers going for uh, another. And uh, a one-time Virginia Tech commit flips his verbal to Auburn and, and gives them a big-time guy uh, at the quarterback position this cycle. 
Yeah, a top 100 prospect at the time of his commitment, according to the 24-7 sports rankings, and a player who, you know, we were talking earlier today, you know, off of this off of this show, uh, maybe is going to draw some comparisons to the other uh, freshman quarterback in, in the state of Alabama, and, and that's Bryce Young, a, a five-star prospect in the 2020 class, early enrolled. Obviously, Alabama's losing Taulia Tango-Vailoa, so a lot of eyes will be on Bryce Young. And it sounds like Gus Malzahn will, will have his version of it uh, for the Auburn Tigers. Well, when you just talk about level of competition and success that that position had, you certainly compare him to Bryce Young winning the two state championships uh, as a sophomore and junior against great high school football competition week in and week out. And, and Demetrius has really risen to the challenge. I talked to his dad uh, the night before. Uh, uh, and they put a lot into this, uh, similar to, you know, Craig Young did w- with Bryce, Demetrius's dad, same name. You know, he's been – since he remembers his son winning a championship every year except for his son's freshman year when he was the starter at, at uh, uh, North Shore where they got beat in the fourth round of the playoffs. He's won a championship or been in the, in the title game. Uh, every year he's been playing going back to when he was five years old and, and kind of their deal – what he shoots for is to be the last team playing no matter what. Everything else uh, that happens uh, statistically uh, or personal accolades is, is along the way. Uh, um, he, he's, a guy, he's a guy that's uh, always bringing his teammates together for, for workouts on the side. Uh, um, you know, him and his North Shore teammates were together last night getting in work with, with one of the local trainers uh, in, in the Houston area. But th- this is a kid – that um, has shined in the biggest moments, uh, similar to our other, uh, similar to our top-ranked quarterback in this class, Caleb Williams. They both won a championship their sophomore year on a hail mary uh, in the finale, and then he comes back and and does it again this year uh, in a game where uh, their star tailback Zach Evans uh, was suspended right before kickoff. So. Uh, uh, this is a kid that um, has, has performed at the highest level in, in the biggest moments in high school football. And, and you talk about the intangibles he has. Uh, you like that going into Auburn where Gus Malzahn's had a lot of success, man. Sometimes uh, it seems like if he doesn't beat Alabama once out every two years, uh, they're trying to get rid of him there, man. But he's won a national title. That's he's college ba- football, right? Nah, man, it's different <laughs> at Auburn, though, I'm telling you, because uh, – you know, we've seen other coaches lose their rivalry game eight times, and I don't even know if they're on the hot seat. Right. You know, Gus, Gus has won a title. He, he's been to another title. Uh, he's had some good quarterbacks. He's had some good offenses. And uh, I, I think that you're excited about Demetrius Davis and, and him coming in and instantly pushing the room next year. Bo Nix will be a junior. He looks like one of the more promising quarterbacks in the country uh, after a, a, a strong freshman campaign. You know, we'll see if he's three and done. Uh, uh, but Davis is a guy, uh, he chose Auburn because he wants uh, a chance to win a national championship, his dad said. He wants to win national championships. Again, he wants to be the last team playing. And, and at Auburn, they've seen that. And, and the last thing they pointed to was the high-quality coaching, which in addition to Coach Malzahn in that position, Chad Morris is, is now the offensive coordinator. Um, he's kind of the guy that helped get it really going for Clemson. Uh, on offense before his career blossomed and he took the head job uh, at SMU and, and he recruited Deshaun Watson and, and uh, uh, you know, uh, Demetrius Davis. We'll see 
if he can have that same kind of success in the SEC. But he wants to win a third ring first uh, in the Lone Star State. When you touch on, I mean, that was the thing that you touched on that I, I really kind of it drew to me because he's a gamer, right? A guy that uh, under the bright lights will will not be shy. And, and looking at his film, looking at his tape. You see a guy that that isn't afraid to take a shot downfield. Uh, he steps up in, in pressure. He's a, a guy that I think thrives in that setting, and, and and that's the type of quarterback you want in this modern day college football, right? A, a guy that's going to go out there, lead his troops. A guy that that between the lines is going to put it all on the line. And 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 I think every every play that I've seen of the kid is just a, a forty yard heave, hitting his receivers in stride putting it only where his receiver can get uh, how maybe reasonable how realistic is it to think that this could be a player that pushes for playing time early on in his career well I think it just depends on how much uh, Auburn and Bo Nix are beating the brakes off people uh, for how much time he would play in that first campaign because I, I think it, but this is this is good right we're seeing quarterbacks some of these quarterbacks that are really blossoming in college football kind of waiting their turn for a year or two in college. Joe Burrow had to transfer uh, to a tag of Aloha, uh, you know, was, was behind Jalen Hurts uh, for a minute. Kyler Murray waited behind Baker Mayfield. Those are, those are ones that, that quickly come to mind. So here's, he's, he, he comes into a situation at Auburn where, um, he can come in and, and learn similar to maybe uh, what uh, DJ Uagalele, did I say that right? I don't you got it. DJ. You got but, it. Yeah. What DJ's, you know, going to do at Clemson this year. And we'll see if Bryce Young can, can beat out Mac, Mac Jones uh, down there at uh, Alabama. But the situation is good for, for Demetrius to come in and learn under a good quarterback uh, under a couple good coaches and, and we'll see, we'll see what happens. We'll see if he can push the room. You know, I mean, hell, uh, uh, Matt Barkley wasn't expected to win the job his true freshman year. So I don't, I don't count anyone out. I just wouldn't expect him to play as a freshman. His quarterback coach, uh, one of his quarterback coaches is Jeff Blake, uh, who played 14 years in the NFL, uh, uh, was sixth in the Heisman Trophy voting coming out of East Carolina uh, in 1991. And his son, Emery, uh, happened to play at Auburn. And he – he talked about um, how Demetrius kind of has some Nick Marshall in him uh, with the mobility and, and, and being able to extend plays and, and make things happen when tucking it. But, you know, also talked about him being, you know, a thrower in that Russell Wilson mold, called him accurate. And what you said, fearless uh, with the ball downfield. He's good at attacking with his throws, not passive at all, not afraid to put it in a tight hole. Uh, if he has to, I just think this kid's going to have the right mindset to come into the SEC and, and play on that stage with all those eyes on you and all that scrutiny on you uh, that he's going to have. And he's not going to be scared uh, to to go into Bryant Denny Stadium and, and lead the Auburn Tigers. I don't think. Yeah. So Davis gives Auburn its eighth commitment in this 2021 class, and this is a class right now that is currently ranked number 21 in the team rankings. Uh, according to 24/7 Sports Composite. Moving on, Will Fong. Let, let's do let's do a segment that I think is going to be a big hit with our audience. You know, this is a, a a part of the 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 profile, is a part of of the community at 24/7 Sports that draws a lot of eyeballs, draws a lot of attention, and, and draws a lot of a lot of chatter and chit chat from the fans. It's called the, the crystal ball. You, you might know it. You might be familiar with it. You ruffle a lot of feathers with it. You, I think you created a lot of, a lot of headlines with it as well. The, the 24-7 sports crystal ball. What, 
let's dive into a selection that that may or may not be live by the time we we publish this uh lj johnson top 100 running back what do we got so i like my crystal ball to be the current pulse when you come to 24 7 sports website you see a prediction it's what i think in the moment every once in a while i'll project the project the guy but it bit me uh, this past week and i had to flip a crystal ball pack back so I don't like to do it that much, and that's Caleb, Caleb Johnson, who also committed to Auburn. You know, talking to his family a couple weeks ago, uh, I thought that Notre Dame was really in a position to make a maneuver there, and I thought that they would. And so I made a Notre Dame projection pick, even though I said, hey, Auburn leads right now, but I like the way this is setting up for Notre Dame. I was, I, I, it wasn't setting up that well for Notre Dame <laughs> in hindsight, and I had to flip my pick back to Auburn, and he was part of a, a, a big recruiting week. Uh, uh, for the Tigers as well uh, as they went down into Florida and landed one of the best offensive tackles. So LJ Johnson, current pulse, um, Texas A&M. I think the A&M has set the bar in this recruitment. He's been the college station. He has a really good relationship with Jimbo Fisher and, and Tommy Robinson, those guys emphasizing all the time that he's top of the board for them. I think that means something. And, and him having been there, I think puts them in a good spot. If I'm projecting – Maybe I'm making a pick for Georgia. Now we get a chance to put in a, we have a new tool on 24 seven sports. I don't know if that's going to be on display. Well, we uh, can tease it. We can tease it. Right. So uh, it's going to be, it would be low confidence if I was putting in Georgia or A&M right now, like a two or a three. Uh, um, But uh, I, I really think that with Georgia, he just ha- he hasn't been there yet. They have a flight booked for Atlanta. They were going to go this spring. They just obviously weren't able to make the, the trip because of this coronavirus pandemic. And, and uh, uh, Georgia already has one running back committed and, and obviously Carroll from Bradenton IMG Academy, but they want to this cycle. And, and LJ Johnson and uh, um, uh, my man uh, from, from the state of Michigan is uh, – uh, Donovan Edwards, those are the the two guys that Del McGee's kind of locked in on uh, right now. And and I think that LJ and Donovan are are both extremely interested. But regarding LJ, you know, he just loves the way that Georgia handles their running backs. And and obviously the proof is in the pudding with, you know, from Nick Chubb to Sonny Michelle to DeAndre Swift. He he sees an opportunity to be handled correctly and and developed and put in a spot uh, that, that, uh, you know, Gives them the, a great opportunity to to reach his ultimate goal. LSU's in there. You know, um, Kevin Kevin Falk has stepped up uh, with that recruitment. Obviously, was a great player uh, and, and a longtime NFL player out of out of LSU as well. And, and LSU is home uh, for that family. Uh, they're from that area. Uh, but I I would say the pecking order right now is A and M, Georgia, and LSU with Oklahoma and Texas rounding out the top five. And it's absolutely important for them to see Athens before they make any kind of decision. So, uh, hey, that doesn't mean he, he visits George and he's going there for sure. Jimbo Fisher and Texas A&M and Tommy Robinson aren't going to go away. And, you know, they'll push to get them back as well. But I just – I'm intrigued by uh, Georgia there, but I think A&M is the current pulse. Speaking of pulse, I also made a crystal ball, and, and we've yeah, we've man, been ex- cue you up. There, we've been, ex- but we've been exchanging some messages here and there about it. Cue me up. Well, you logged a big one for the Oregon Ducks uh, as, as they try and uh, reel in a third straight number one recruiting class in the Pac-12. I, I did, and this was one that I've been waiting to make for a long time. I, I was 
on the Washington Huskies for well over a calendar year. I, I want to say 14 months I was on the Washington Huskies. Even though for, you, you mentioned it, it, it has to be a current pulse, right? And it has to be more of, a, of, a, of where things stand right now in the recruitment as opposed to maybe a, a, a long-term projection. Uh, I didn't want to change it for, for, for this player. Four-star tight end Maliki Matavao, top 24-7 prospect out of Henderson, Nevada, Liberty High School. Uh, I put it in for the Oregon Ducks. Um, I finally made the call. I finally made the switch from Washington, even though the Huskies might not have been in the in the conversation for the last uh, month or so. Uh, right now, it does seem like Penn State is probably the biggest contender and the, the biggest threat to Maliki leaving the West region. Uh, I know he likes UCLA quite a bit. Georgia had been getting a lot of buzz with him, but uh, looking at the landscape, looking at where they stand with another tight end, Brock Bowers, the number one prospect at the position in the West region, uh, I felt a little bit more comfortable going with Maliki Matavado, staying closer to home and playing his ball for the college, uh, for the, playing his college ball for the Oregon Ducks. I, I know he really likes what what Joe Moorhead, Joe Moorhead was was doing in the pros. Uh, I, I think he understands the the value of of what Oregon is doing right now on the recruiting trail and and building a, a team and building weapons offensively. They've got a quarterback, Ty Thompson, out of the state of Arizona, a four star player who's already uh, on board and has been recruiting Matavao. And then when you look at the buzz that they have for a number of other prospects out West uh, in the state of California, out in Utah, after landing Noah Sewell, the five-star linebacker, the brother of Panay. Uh, and then in this 2021 group, getting a, a guy like Bram Walden out of the state of Arizona recently, uh, Utah three-star center, Jackson Light, who has also seen his stock skyrocket in recent months. And, and then they're considered a heavy front runner for Kingsley Suamataia, the number one rated offensive tackle in the West region. So I think he's cognizant. I think he's aware of, of what's happening out West and, and, and he likes the ducks quite a bit. He wants to make an, a decision and, and, and a college commitment by the end of the month. And right now I, I like where the ducks sit, even though I think Penn state is still involved. Yeah, man, my, I, I'm with you. My gut is with Oregon. I think that's where uh, most of my Intel is, but I do have some Intel that, uh, Penn State is doing a really good job here uh, with Maliki as well. Consistent Zoom meetings, FaceTime conversations. I think he really likes the staff. Obviously, the production uh, at the position with Mike Jasicki and then Pat Fryermuth right now, who who is one of the top uh, tight ends in the nation. Obviously, I, I think the offense and the player development, the relationship with Tyler Bowen and James Franklin and company have at the very least made it interesting. Uh, Oregon, um, number 23 class right now. But if you look a little closer, Blair, it's number six in average ranking per commit. Yep. Uh, so it's a very talented class. just not uh, extremely populated right now. But with the names you mentioned, uh, Oregon's going to push for another top 10 haul um, out there uh, in, in Eugene. And if they land Maliki, he'll be, a, he'll be a, a slight boost to their average ranking per commit. Yeah, so that's our, our, our inside look at the crystal uh, crystal ball. We're going to do that uh, every now and then. We're going to try to bring our listener a little closer, maybe a little more insight into some current predictions, some projections. And uh, Steve, anything you want to plug? Your Twitter account yeah. maybe? I know you got a lot of followers. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I, I was going to plug Todd Hartley, uh, Georgia's position coach, man. You talked about Brock Bowers. 
uh, and Georgia leading for him. And then what he did with Darnell Washington exactly. in the last class. Yeah, went to Nevada last year and got Darnell Washington, man. So he's he's getting on the those airplanes and and, and making those long distance phone calls and um, we'll see what happens with Brock, but obviously want a, a slobber knocker on the recruiting trail for with Darnell last year, holding off the late charge uh, by Tennessee. You know, we'll see if anyone can get in the way of Georgia for Brock. I know Penn State was in the middle of that one. Um, Oregon, uh, uh, who's all swinging in there right now uh, uh, for Brock? You got he's got you got Penn Notre State, Dame. He's got, Notre yeah, Dame. I think he's got UCLA in the top six. Yeah, Cal. Uh, uh, so, um, but but Georgia uh, seems like the clear one to beat, and I am one of eight crystal ball forecasts, along with our lead expert on it, Brandon Huffman, in favor of the UGA Dogs. Yep, Bulldogs looking good for another top-rated tight end out west. So that'll be it for our segment with with Steve. You could follow him on Twitter at Steve Wolfong. He is the director of recruiting at Twenty Four Seven Sports. Stay tuned here for the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Show. We've got Charles Power talking about the stock report. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And we're back here on the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Show, joined by a special guest, uh, a guy who, who might watch more film than anyone in the country. He goes by the name of Charles Power. Charles, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Uh... Yeah, I don't know. I don't know about watching more film than anybody, but uh, I mean, I guess somebody's got to do it. So uh, I think try, you do. I, I, can. I think, yeah, I think you're trying to be a little modest. I, I will put that out there. I think you dive into more film than anyone. And, and, uh, and that's obviously a huge testament to your work ethic and, and how you go about it. I mean, I, we, we sit on to, to bring the listener into the, the room, I guess, or to be a fly in the room during those 24 seven sports rankings calls. Uh, we go through hours of, of film and tape and, and you have an opinion on everyone. I'm, I'm blown away all the time. Uh, there are guys in my region, you know, I cover the West coast, Hawaii, Arizona, and you throw out some stuff that I'm like, man, how does he have the time to watch some of this stuff? So uh, <laughs> your opinion is obviously huge uh, and valued in, in our evaluations process. It's a huge week at 24-7 Sports because we have a refresh to the top 24-7. We're adding some new rankings. We were able to do a deep dive position by position on the defensive side of the ball. So this update will be reflective of that. That's coming later this week. So keep it locked in at 24-7 Sports. But Charles, before we get into that and, and some of the stock report risers and guys that that really saw a bump up in, in, in their stock, what do you think this dead period, this obviously this pandemic that we're all going through, how do you think that's affecting the evaluation process? It's interesting because I think, you know, we're, we're deprived of, of camps, um, seven on seven track season. I think it, it's, it's different for each position. Um, I think with, with defense, it, it affects, um, 
you know, the, the DBs and, and, and the linebackers probably the most. Um, those are positions like not only that you would want, um, ideally want like some, some testing numbers on those guys because they're so um, athletic based, but also for DBs, seeing how guys cover in seven on seven settings and in camps is always informative because we might have a, have a corner who might get thrown at, you know, five, six times a year, uh, for his high school. And then you, you get to see him face some, some really good receivers, um, you know, in the off season. So I, I know a lot of times people kind of try to discount the value of camps, but for us, I mean, it's, it's just a good opportunity to get, to get, uh, you know, eyeballs on everybody. And, um, so, so I think it's, it's kind of, um, you know, now, now with, with that, with that taken off the table, I think it's a lot more about, kind of doubling down on, on the information we do have and making sure we, we have as good a handle on that as possible. And that's kind of what I think what we're trying to do um, with, with going, going through all of the junior seasons and the information we do have. Yeah, hundred percent. You know, I think back to some of the top cornerbacks in this last class and in, in the 2020 group, Elias Ricks and Keely Ringo, two West Coast guys that I that I tracked very closely. And if you went out on a Friday night to see their high school games, it'd be very difficult for you to even see him do anything, either of those guys, because they weren't getting tested. And, and it's interesting, like you mentioned, to go out to a seven on seven, go out to a camp. These guys are getting reps. You're able to see a little bit more. And uh, unfortunately, that's that's the aspect. And that's the dimension of all this that, that we're missing in our evaluations. But, right. you know, the show must go on. We do have a, a deep dive. So let's get into some of the stock report uh, risers, some of the guys that we really like right now based on the film, based on the deep dive. Let's start off with Jordan Poole, uh, a, a player who, who you know, 10-9-1 in the 100-meter, uh, blazing fast, put up some really good numbers as a running back. We're evaluating him, evaluating him as an inside linebacker. W- what stands out to you about his game, and, and why is his stock rising as much as it is? Yeah, so I, I think when, when you look at Jordan Poole, uh, just kind of going through the the type of linebackers that become the best linebackers in college football, become the the linebackers that get drafted high, he really kind of fits that, that profile to a T you're talking about a guy who's, you know, six foot, two fifteen, two twenty, highly athletic, athletic. Like you said, he runs a, a 10, nine, 100. Um, all of the, the athletic markers we have on him dating back to last year were just like phenomenal. I think he had like 37 and 39 inch verticals uh, at, at the two camps he went to. And then you kind of turn on the, the video and watch him just, and he's just a great at like, athlete football player when I say athlete like a guy who plays both sides of the ball um you know ran for I think maybe 1500 yards this year 13 yards of carry um and he's just kind of a a dynamic guy on on offense and then you flip him over on defense and he I think he was playing like a lot of safety um I think he had like 30 something tackles but you, you saw like how physical he was how he runs to the ball um and, and he's just very projectable for, for a kind of a space linebacker at the next level. And I, I kind of compared, I would, you know, it, it became one of those deals where he started off, he's like a mid three star right now. And I think it was just more about viewing him in the context as a linebacker. Cause I think he really might've initially been ranked as a running back. Um, so kind of viewing him in the context of linebackers and, comp- and comparing him to the other guys at the position, you know, he stacks up right there with, with guys like Barrett Carter, Ray's John Davis. They're all kind of similar physically. And I don't think, you know, Jordan Poole shouldn't really be penalized for playing a lot of offense in high school. Because when you look at a lot of the best linebackers, I think probably 90% of them play both ways in, in high school. Uh, and, and he just kind of fits that 
that model. And in looking at like last year, for instance, I think he's pretty comparable to a guy, um, uh, Wesley Steiner, who we had ended up in the top 100. It's signed with Auburn. Um, similar kind of profile in terms of size and, and athleticism, but I think Jordan Poole actually might be a better high school player. So, um, you know, I think we're going to be a lot higher on him than everybody else. And I wouldn't be surprised, you know, we kind of always see Blair when we see these rankings come out and like, I'm, I'm sure he's going to get a, like a lot more college interest whenever, uh, you know, whenever this gets released, I wouldn't be surprised for to see that happen. Yeah, only 11 offers as of this recording with the likes of North Carolina State, South Carolina, and Virginia Tech standing out to him early on, according to Steve Wilfong, uh, our national recruiting director at 24-7 Sports. Uh, so we'll see the stock report on Jordan Poole. Another guy, Shamar Turner uh, from DeSoto, Texas, strong side defensive end, about 6'3", 6'3 and a half, 260, uh, a guy who also is seeing his stock rise. Yeah, uh, we, we, we did the defensive line this last this last week, and um, Shamar, I thought Shamar Turner's video was fantastic. He comes from that DeSoto, for those who aren't familiar, it's really one of the top talent producing high schools, um, kind of in the, in the Dallas area. They've had a ton of NFL players like their, their nicknames like DeSoto U probably the most famous is, is Von Miller, but a, a ton of guys from that program, um, end up being really good college players, NFL players. And he's kind of next in line. Um, I, I think he could grow into maybe a, a three technique possibly. Um, you know, we, I kind of looked at him in, in that, in that context, but he could, he could be a strong side defensive end. Just, I guess maybe depends on the scheme in the front and kind of how he continues to grow, but um, you know, very powerful, explosive uh, kind of just manhandles, uh, you know, offensive lineman uh, at, at times. I went back and watched a lot of his camp clips uh, over the course of the past year and was really impressed. And you know, he's just got a guy who's continued to get better and his, his video just kind of popped um, with, with a lot of the plays he made and um, you know, pretty productive on a per game basis against, some some strong competition like the Soto plays, you know, probably in one of the the tougher regions in the state of Texas, and he was always kind of making plays and on on a really good defense. So yeah, Turner approaching forty scholarship offers has the likes of Alabama, Baylor, Oklahoma, Texas, Texas A and M. Those are all high on the list for him. So he's going to be probably one of the most interesting recruitments in the state of Texas to follow. And I'm sure we're going to get our guy Gabe Brooks to jump in here uh, in the coming weeks to discuss a little bit more on Turner. Moving on to to another guy uh, along the defensive line, uh, two guys, uh, Javari Ritzy uh, out of North Carolina and Mike Hall, defensive tackle, committed to Ohio State out of the state of Ohio. Uh, another couple guys that we really like, and, and once we kind of were able to see a little bit more of film, evaluate, and, and really compare where they were in terms of the rankings with other guys, uh, what stood out to you about Hall and Ritzy? Yeah, so so Ritzy is is one of several in North Carolina. It's it's a crazy yeah. good year in North Carolina. Like I think, what are they feeding the guys out there? Yeah, I mean, you, I you're, you're from that area. Yeah, it's. I mean, historically the Carolinas are kind of known for for spitting out uh, defensive linemen. Um, so so that's not a surprise, but it's just there's so many good players in the state of North Carolina. I mean, when you look at like UNC's class, for instance, they're like top two, top three, kind of back and forth with Tennessee, but most of their classes from in state, they're just signing the best players in the state of North Carolina. And that's like good enough right now for a top five class. So that kind of speaks to the talent there. Um, Javari Ritzy is, uh, you know, like really nice size, got a big frame, very good athlete. He's got a 55 foot shot put runs track. And then you, you watch him play and, He's running. He's chasing down running backs like 20, 30 yards down the field. Um, I, I still think he can, you know, continue to put it together as a pass rusher. But just the pure athletic ability and kind of the the hustle and motor he plays with, 
um, was, was, was pretty impressive. And he was one that, you know, we just kind of kept coming back to as, as a guy who, who really kind of like kept impressing us. Um, and I know Steve Wolfong was, was high on him as well. And it was kind of a deal where, um, yeah, like, like, like you mentioned, I think getting everybody on the same page just to kind of, it, it can be a little difficult to come up with a, a big ranking um, immediately for, for the, for the rising seniors for the junior class immediately after we finished like the 2020 cycle. Um, so I think a lot of this is kind of us for us, like evening it out and comparing guys from different regions and making sure we're, we're a little more uniform. So that was part of it as well. Um, yeah. Mike Hall was one when we, when we were going through the, the defensive lineman, I thought he, he moved the best of about anybody um, that we watched. Uh, he and Shamar Turner, kind of, of of guys that weren't in that, you know, already kind of up there in that top fifty range. I thought had like maybe the best movement skills of the of the defensive lineman. Um, and he's he's kind of young for the class. He's got got a late birthday, so a little bit of a late bloomer physically, um, but 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 just moves really really well, just smooth and love the way he kind of runs down plays in in backside pursuit and um, you know he's kind of that. Uh, kind of a three technique who who kind of has the I think the framework to become like a really good interior pass rusher and that's something we're seeing a lot of more value on at the position is the ability to rush the passer from the inside yeah my call six three two ninety and you mentioned it just moves moves so well so seamlessly so fluid a uh, really really good athlete and and a guy that is able to bounce off blocks he's able to shed guys uh, like the way he attacks gaps just looking at his film um, Ohio State's getting a a huge player there and a guy that's seeing his stock rise. And then Ritzy intends to announce his commitment in June. Right now, North Carolina is leading unanimously in the 24-7 sports crystal ball. Uh, and then lastly, Nathaniel Wiggins is another guy who we wanted to touch on here in, in the stock report segment. Uh, an athlete out of Atlanta, Georgia, Westlake High School, about 6'2", 170, uh, already a member of the top 24-7, but later this week you're going to see where he, he lands. Yeah, I, I, one thing I love I love about Wiggins is is his ball skills. Uh, you you kind of see that with him playing both ways. It's kind of similar. Uh, really, all positions in the back seven are like this, but but corner is kind of similar to linebacker, where you see a lot of the top corners play um, both ways, mainly receiver in high school. And that and that kind of you know Wiggins fits that mold. He's got good size, um, and 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 you, I just really like how like his ball skills at, at receiver and. I think it just projects really well, um, you know, to kind of continuing to, you know, make it, it just like, like we were talking about before Blair with a lot of times it can be harder to get a read on, on a, a corner, um, you know, like their ball skills, tracking skills when they don't get thrown at a whole lot. So he kind of shows that on the offensive side and, and what, what he shows on defense is also really impressive too. So um, I, when we were going through corners, it was like, we, like there were several of us who kind of independently came upon Wiggins as a guy that, that his, his video and, skill set and kind of what he showed um just what kind of popped out and uh you know I, I think he's kind of been flying under a little bit under the radar um and it's a really good year for for dbs in georgia we have like you know uh nylon green is, is one who's great um you know and, and there's several others but but i think he's one of of, of several who uh are, are really good in that regard we, we had him ranked as an athlete i think we're going to probably maybe move him to corner um, and that, that seems to be where his highest upside is and where he best project. 
Yeah, so the, this latest ranking, uh, you mentioned it, uh, we were focusing more on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, so this is a player that was moving from athlete over to defensive back. Uh, right now, USC leads in the 24-7 sports crystal ball. And, and I really like, you know, you, you mentioned something there that I wanted to point out. When, when I go out to high school games, when I go out to camps, I, I love to see defensive backs that also try and give it a shot on the offensive side of the ball. Not, you know, not because they think they're going to be able to to play it at the next level or in the, even in the NFL, but I think it gives them a really good idea and, and maybe a behind the curtain look at what a receiver looks like, uh, looks at when he's looking at coverages, right? So he's able to put that in his memory bank and, and think about what receivers want to do based on certain coverage, you know, how a guy's going to line up based on, on, on bump and run or, or, or press or when they're playing off or, or, or the release, you know, I think it really gives them a good understanding. And I'm always, I'm always looking for a corner or a defensive back that, that is also playing receiver and, and see how much it weight raises his awareness, how much it helps his IQ and, and just his reaction speed. Yeah. And I think it helps with coordination a lot too. Like that's one thing, you know, if, if fans just go crazy when, when a corner on their team is like in position, but like can't like locate or track the ball, make a play. And that's kind of a, a little bit of a differentiator. I, I think, um, you know, on top of the instincts, I think it's a really good point that you made uh, as well. It's just the whole package. And I mean, like, let's be honest, if, if you're playing most levels of high school football and if you're a really good player, like it, it you aren't getting the full value out of a guy if he's just playing corner. So if a guy is that good of a of just an overall football player, you would hope that they're probably playing um, or contributing on offense too. So it's just it's just a good sign all around, and that's one thing when you know, when you look at DBs, um, you know it's it's a lot of it is just athleticism and ball skills, and they can kind of be taught technique at the next level and have that honed in with the coaching they're going to get in college. But um, you know those are things that I think are developed pretty early. So yeah. that, that's definitely a good sign. Yeah. So, so those are a handful of guys on the defensive side of the ball that uh, are, are going to be seeing their stock rise. Uh, this was our stock report segment with Charles Power, the national analyst for 24-7 Sports. Follow him on Twitter at Charles Power. Uh, just ignore the fact that he doesn't live tweet soccer games. I thought that was funny, <laughs> Charles. I, I love that you pointed that out. Also not a Heisman voter. Um, you got a really good bio there. Uh, on Twitter again, it's char- at Charles Power. What's what do you got against soccer? Well, I, I actually I, w- I was really into soccer in high school. My thing is is I just know most people that follow me would not be following me for, <laughs> for soccer takes. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't I just don't have the bandwidth to follow anymore. Like the schedules are so weird, I can't I couldn't have to keep up with it. But um, well, try try keeping up with it on the West Coast where yeah. it, it's three I, hours I, earlier than you would out out. out I could east. imagine it's yeah. just it. That, that, that's just frustration for me refreshing my feed and seeing that uh you know uh the u.s scored in like a friendly against trinidad and tobago i see like 30 tweets in a row saying you know like christian Pulisic scored or something like that so uh yeah it just i i don't know it was just kind of uh my, my snarky take on uh sports writer twitter i like it i like it well if you want to keep up with the snarkiness uh, let's get our guy charles power over seven thousand followers that's that's our mission here uh, on the podcast uh thanks so much charles i appreciate it all right so that was charles power national analyst for 24 7 sports before we sign off we're going to touch on three topics. We're going to call it the three and out segment. Now, if you're familiar with the West of the Rest podcast, 
you, you know this was a, a trademark segment to end the show every week. So we'll discuss three topics, three talking points, three uh, recommendations. It, it could be a number of things. Started off with our first down. The Division I Council Coordination Committee extended the recruiting dead period through June 30th. So that means that uh, there are no more in-person visits or evaluations uh, until uh, that date at the earliest. The committee will review the dead period dates on May 27th and could extend the dead period even further at that time. So that's going to be an interesting thing to keep an eye on later this month to see how long this dead period uh, continues. Obviously, it's a, it's a huge thing right now in recruiting because prospects are unable to take visits uh, in person. Coaches have not been able to evaluate in person and uh, consequently has created a, a lot of uh, different side effects. There's been a lot of commitment with, with recruits trying to lock in their spots. Uh, there's been a lot of offers extended without those in-person evaluations, without the camp performances that we're used to, without the showcases that we've been seeing throughout the spring in years past. So it's going to be an interesting thing to, to monitor as we continue to go through this pandemic. Uh, second down, you know, on the bright side, I, I thought it was pretty illuminating to see the Bundesliga back. Uh, Charles touched on it there. It's quite funny that we touched on soccer because soccer in Europe was back this weekend. Um, woke up really early out here on the West Coast, uh, 6 a.m. Uh, every day to, to watch some soccer, to see not only soccer, I'm a soccer guy, but, but more to see what sports can look like here in America, what college football might look like in some parts of the country uh, to maybe give me a preview of what to expect when our leagues here stateside look like when they do return. So that, that was an interesting thing to, for me to, to watch. And if, if you're interested, uh, you could check your, your local listings for the Bundesliga and for other soccer leagues as they return uh, across the world. And our third down, it's going to be a reminder uh, again if you've got recruiting questions, uh, please put them in a five-star Apple podcast review. Um, our goal is going to be to have enough questions for a full mailbag episode within a month of this airing. So uh, if you have any questions on recruits, on a certain team, on, on where a recruit might stand, uh, you want more insight on a crystal ball pick that Steve Wolfong put in, or maybe an evaluation about why a player is dropping in the rankings or raising in the, in the rankings, um, please make sure to drop in a five-star Apple podcast review and, and, you know, subscribe, rate us, review us, uh, you know, send this uh, link over to, to people that might find recruiting interesting and this podcast, uh, you know, something that they want to enjoy. We're going to have a lot of fun with the show. We're going to try our, our best to, to bring you, uh, you know, all the, all the insight, all the energy uh, that college football obviously brings out of all of us. So with that, thank you so much for listening to our debut episode here on the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Show.